0: Some kind of disturbance. I'm going to go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment.
1: Who are Why people? are you people?
0: I want a coffee!
1: You, you, you are now too 2, two, two, two,
0: three, two three. Five, four, three, two, one.
2: Where love and life come together. come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Wonderful joy it is to be back with you. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, and we are having the time of our lives, Ace. I didn't know doing a podcast and being on YouTube would be so much fun.
0: Well, I want to welcome, <laughs> we have listeners now in Germany. And we have Great Britain. Our audience is growing in Great Britain. So thank you for reaching out and letting us know that you found us and you're enjoying it every week. Of course, anytime that you want to download this podcast, any platform is where you're finding us. So make sure you subscribe. If you want to watch us. Hey, YouTube, we appreciate you uh, viewing this, Uh, but also you can uh, be a part of us at RoxanneAndAce.com and then text us or call throughout the week at 659-236-1300. So I will let you start our discussions. we got lots to catch up on.
2: We sure do. Some common misconceptions about Jesus. I found a fascinating article that goes deep into some common misconceptions. It's believed by the experts that Jesus didn't walk around calling himself Jesus, that it was Yeshua. But I got to tell you, we have been binge watching the chosen. Hmm. And I don't know why, but I just didn't get on that train when it first was happening. Yeah, And when they ask him who he is, and sometimes he says, "My name is Jesus," and the way he says it, the actor, your heart just melts. Yeah. So, is I, it okay to think that he called himself Jesus? I,
0: yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we get wrong and <laughs> how we interpret. I mean, you you've made this comment before. You know, he, he's not that poster white you know, got his perfect little sandals and, you know, he, you know, he's got, you know, Sasson in his hair, you know, I mean, it's, it was rough and ragged and, you know, he's dark complected and there's a lot of things about it that we don't know, but we kind of guesstimate based on experts and people who have studied it way deeper than we have. Uh, But I like the fact we've talked about this, the idea of Yahweh, of Yahweh. Like, I I don't know, I don't know that he would have said his name that way, but to think of it, (laughs) you know it you know cuz you you don't you don't really brag or when you introduce yourself sometimes i don't know it's like hey it, like get to know the other person first and i kind of felt like that was more jesus's style but then again i'm not an expert either
2: well the experts say that jesus never wrote anything about himself what he did was tell stories parables mm-hmm. and others wrote about it After he passed away, Jesus didn't intend to start a new religion. It would have been foreign to him to say we're Christians because he was a Jew. It makes sense, but I've never really thought about that before. And then there's the question of him being obviously the son of God. But Mm. a lot of people really believe that that personal relationship that he has with God, we can have with God because of what Christ did to us, for yeah. us on the cross. And so there isn't a division. We feel like, oh, we can't talk to God. I'm, I'm unclean. He's holy. I'm not. But through Christ, you know, that this isn't a myth. What they're saying is when we feel like Jesus is the only one who has access to God, through his death that all changed
0: right am I describing Absolutely. that correctly? <laughs> no yeah and even to go back into the parable aspect you know when he's you know talking to fishermen he uses fishing analogies when he's talking to carpenters he's using carpentry analogies you know when he talks to DJs he uses music you know when, <laughs> when I mean I've I've given analogies when I've done public speaking or you know just sharing with friends and they're like, wow, that's a stretch but that's because that parable or way of connecting to Jesus, was for me, it was more of me having an understanding of who Christ is in my life and in this world, and then to someone else or another musician, that parable made perfect sense. So we talked about this last week, I think, with Caleb, of that, you know, your interpretation of God's Word and how He's spoken or transformed your life, that then transforms God's Word for someone who didn't understand it before. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, leeway in that translation. Just, you know, be open and transparent and then, you know, God will give you the words.
2: So I've got great news for you, Ace. We're both going to be super pumped and excited about this. Fashionably late is now unfashionable. Punctuality is in. Da, da, da,
0: da. We're, we're getting away from jammies at Walmart. Is <laughs> yeah. that are, are we actually going to have some kind of decor to when we're out in public?
2: We're going to be on time and more people are time conscious. And the reason they say it is one of the reasons is that during COVID, you know, we've all had a difficult past three years. I mean, let's face it. You and I lost six close friends of our show. I mean, very close friends to COVID-19. And um, we've been going through a lot with it. I remember, and I know you recall this, we'd be in the radio studio, and I'm a touchy person. If you're near me, I'm probably going to touch you.
0: Close talker, that's Roxanne. It was,
2: I'm right up in your face. And it was so hard. I just felt like I couldn't touch people. And what happened was we all started meeting on Zooms. And guess what? When there's a Zoom call and the boss is wherever... And you're supposed to be on the Zoom call. When you aren't there, there's this ugly block on the Zoom where you're missing. And people didn't want to do that. So what they learned was punctuality Mm -hmm. is going to be a good thing, especially if you're allowed to work at
0: home. Which I love because, again, I I of the mindset that if you're on time, you're late. If you're early, then you're on time. And I've tried to pass that on to my kids. And the the thing too that I'm finding as I get older, I don't like to be late and I don't like traffic. And when those two cause me to be either on time or even if it's like five, 10 minutes past and people go, oh no, you're fine. No, to me, I'm rustled. Like I had that earlier this week. I'm like, no, like I wanna be, like I have a plan and a time and I know nobody's gonna die if you're a little late. But again, if you have the practice of being early or being punctual, then the opportunity to be late is minimal, so I'm, you know, I'm just calling it like it is because it drives me crazy when people make me late, and I don't want to make someone else late. You are the most punctual
2: person I've ever known, and really? I thought I was until I met you. But you just you're so excellent and buttoned up, and I just love it. And we both like to be early, which is on time. Amen. Craig Groeschel, the wonderful pastor of Life Church, I've Watched him a great deal online. He's preached at my church a couple of times. I didn't get the chance to meet him, but he's written many wonderful books and he has red flags that Christians are dating the wrong person.
0: Yeah. I I loved hearing these because they need to be vocalized. And at the top of the list, is the person you're dating, are they pursuing Christ? you know, how much of the fruit and the mirrored image of who they are into your relationship, into the world, into their jobs, how much of that is a reflection of the fact that they're chasing after Christ?
2: Well, I knew instantaneously that you were, because every conversation we had when we were first getting to know each other, you would say, yeah, I was talking to God about this and I felt like he was saying that to me, and it was like every decision you made. And I thought, this guy is unbelievable.
0: I can still dress myself without asking him, but—
2: <laughs> Oh, I have girlfriends ma- Maybe that he's guiding me more God. than I
0: give him credit for.
2: I, I have girlfriends that ask him, okay, Lord, what should— I mean, they're asking him things like that, mm-hmm. and that's perfectly okay. So a red flag is if they don't talk about Jesus when you're dating, maybe yeah. they're not pursuing him, which— which makes a lot of sense. Um, Scripture says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And a lot of people are like, oh, but he's so nice. I can take him to church. You know, he he can get, and I'm not saying if you're married, you know, leave somebody when they don't know Jesus. I'm not saying that. Dating, dating, dating. And that's not to set down a rule to make your life difficult. Mm -hmm. Your life when God is at the center when you're married is the best thing ever.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, and I think, too, that if you're dating someone and they're always worried and they're always bunged up, then that's showing that they're not leaning and pressing into God. They, they need to have that peace about, you know, uh, th- this is an inconvenience in my life or in our relationship, but we're going to work through it and we're going to fight fair and we're going to set boundaries and those are the things that come from a godly man or woman so that you know moving forward this is how we're going to proceed together
2: it just makes perfect sense god has an order for life and for family not to make it more difficult but to really come to a place where we're growing in him, where we know him and it helps relationships, doesn't Mm -hmm. harm it. He also talks about the red flag of healthy conflict. You're going to have conflict. How do you handle it? Are you hurling insults at somebody? Are you getting, are you exploding? You know, there's a way to have conflict that is healthy. And, And if you're dating somebody who can't have conflict in a healthy manner, God forbid, like striking someone. I mean, you just need to look at those things before you make big decisions.
0: Well, and I will say this too, because not only does he mention it in these top five, but it is such a good point of that. If God is protecting you from someone, like if you're trying to put that square in a round hole and it's, you know, you're not going to stop and God keeps no, 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 he's protecting you from something Doesn't mean that you won't maybe be with this person at some point, but now is not the time. Or maybe this person, you've lowered your standards. Well, this is as good as it's going to get. And he's needing you to raise that up so that you don't think less of yourself. It may be a relationship that gets in the way of your relationship with him. You know, you don't really know until you realize how much you are fighting upstream when God is like just— Come, just go with my flow, go with my will for your life, and I'll get you to the person. And then you can look back and go, Whew, I'm glad I recognized those red flags because I needed to be out of that so that I could be ready for this person. And you and I have lived that. You know, we've been there, done that, burn the t shirt. So we. We don't we yes. don't want to sit in those ashes anymore.
2: <laughs> no, we don't. Well, I was so excited to get to talk to you today, Ace, in part because the Oscar nominations are out. And I really respect your movie knowledge. You are crazy in love with movies. 2022 was considered the year of Tom Cruise, the year that movies were saved. Top Gun Maverick, even if you don't like Tom Cruise, and I've got family members who can't stand to watch Tom Cruise in yeah. a movie. You went to see this movie and you fell in love with movies again mm-hmm. and the academy's trying to get smarter and not just make art films the nominees. It actually has been nominated for best picture which is super exciting to me to see a movie that America embraced and loved yeah. actually be not be nominated.
0: Yeah, between that and Avatar, it really kind of got us excited about the big screen. And especially if you had a chance to see them in IMAX or 3D, because for me, going to the movies, it's the experience. It's what stories do I really want to see come to life? And I get my big tub of popcorn and my cherry icy and, you know, and I'm five again. Right. You know, and that's why I love going to the movies. But there are certain movies that I think were the buzz this year that hopefully has us going back. And as we're winding down the year, like obviously Elvis was a big one last year. Uh, I know that uh, for many people now that Avatar is in theaters, you're seeing that. But when it comes to the Oscars, I always like to look and see how many we saw and then either add them to my list if I miss something or if nothing else, I and I'm guilty of this, I do get caught up in all of the action, Marvel, Star Wars-y kind of stuff because I just want it to be eye candy sometimes. But there are some really beautiful written and acted films that when you sit, it makes you feel all the things. And, and if you've been to, for those that live in an area where there's an AMC, you've probably seen the little Nicole Kidman trailer where she's talking about, you know, the theater is the place that... You can laugh and cry, and, and heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And that's, and, and as she's sitting there, I'm also thinking shouldn't the church also be all of these things? But, you know, not to over spiritualize a film, but I believe that we can learn from the films that we see when we allow ourselves to what is the underlining message here?
2: Well, I don't know what message will come of the Barbie movie that's coming out, but I love anything with Ryan Gosling. I just think he's a wonderful actor. Mm. But him as Ken, I'm trying to see that. I Does can believe he, it.
0: Yeah, he's, can, okay. he's, I mean, he's, he's very chiseled. <laughs> he's very and, okay. and so is Margot Robbie. I mean, she's, I mean if, if she's anybody's going to play Barbie, it's her. So I love the casting of this. I don't know that I will see it, but really? I I don't I don't know. I I I say I won't, but then I probably will cuz again, I I like eye candy. <laughs>
2: Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. A lot of people are kind of tired of that franchise, but I I enjoy them. I'm like you. I like a high-action movie. That should be really good. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes is coming out this year. How do you feel about Hunger Games movies?
0: It is is the movie that we're looking forward to in our house because – a, my wife Tawny is a huge fan of the original trilogy. And it's one of the few, she's not one to sit down and watch like a comfort movie, but anytime like we're scrolling and we can't find anything new, she'll go, Ooh, Hunger Games. And I go, Okay. Cause I love them. <laughs> I, I I think it's a great storyline. And and so this will be the prequel to tell us the story of how The Hunger Games began.
2: Well, I know that you're like me, and you love Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, Mm. he's just, he's epic. Killers of the Flower Moon is coming up, and it's about a tribe in Oklahoma in the 1920s. This must be a thing, because, you know, I'm watching 1923 with Harrison Ford. You know, that era must be a thing. But uh, Scorsese's directing it, and he's got Leo, I'm sure that'll be a winner this year.
0: Well, and I thought about that, too. Why are we going back like, you know, like the new 90s show that's, you know, the the jump for the grown up version of the 70s show? Like there's all this nostalgia that we got into for so long. And now we're telling stories of times before any of us were born or, you know, when our great grandparents, you know, were, you know, you know, younglings or whatever. But the thing that I'm thinking about that is that at some point we can't tell the future anymore. Like we did all of that and we've (laughs) predicted all the devices and everything that we're going to have and, you know, how fast our flying cars will go or whatever. And now it's like, I just want to unplug and and see a time before there were, you know, devices and we had cricks in our necks because (laughs) we were looking down all the time. And so I, I think there is, Something very pure, and I can't help but think of my great-grandparents when I watch those shows right now or those types of movies, just because that was a simpler time. I mean, not to overstate that fact, but it just feels good to watch and see people loving each other and looking out for each other, and we're not just so distracted.
2: I I couldn't agree more. Should we talk about practicing joy, even when we may not feel joyful? Mm -hmm. And and we're going to look at this, of course, at a faith angle. Fasting is a thing a lot of people are doing this January to get closer to God, Mm -hmm. to feel joy like they never have and it's such an effective thing if you've never done fasting and that's a whole nother show and a long explanation of things but the the clarity that you get with him it it did i'm not fasting right now but i have in the past the clarity you get in your relationship with him is like none other so one way to have joy is to go ahead and pray too. a lot of people are in 21 days of prayer. Some churches dedicate a lot of January to that. And what a wonderful thing it is to have that intimate relationship with the Lord, where you're not just giving him a laundry list of things that you want, but you're thanking him in prayer. You're yeah. growing closer to him in prayer and you're listening to what he would tell you in prayer.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know a lot of times when we hear the word fasting and praying that we think we're just supposed to drink water and be on our knees till we get carpet burns. And that's not the case. Your ongoing conversation with God is ongoing. It's the thoughts you're having, it's the words that come out of your mouth, it's the sometimes it's just the breath when you don't know what to say. But the thing I love about the fasting side is that we could be fasting from social media. I know in our house my wife and I are doing dry January, so for us it's you know no alcohol of any kind and it, we've been very diligent about that for a reason because the thing I love about fasting whatever it is that you're fasting from is that you're saying this thing is not going to control my life all year. So I'm showing myself in mind, body, spirit, and soul that I can give it up for 30 days, 40 days, whatever you have set with God, and then committing when those times when you feel weak to then go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I really want to drink, or God, I really want a burger, or I really want to get on Facebook and see what's happening. Surrendering that time, that's a conversation with God to show him that you are disciplined, And we sometimes don't believe that we can be disciplined. You know, the the older I get, the more I don't want to be told what to do. But then again, (laughs) when I was a teenager, I was that same way. So nothing's really changed.
2: Another way to have joy, and and this is, I think, just super powerful, sing, dance, laugh, be creative, celebrate. You know, I think of King David just dancing in the streets Mm. and just celebrating. I don't think we do enough of that. We we have a victory and we go, oh, good, and then we just go on. We don't take time to go, wow, that was fantastic, and Mm. just be excited and be happy to be alive.
0: Yeah, Amen. I know that uh, as uh, we head into the new year, ways that you may be trying to better your habits or patterns, uh, reading a book, which I know is at the top of every year, every day for Roxanne. But have you heard that bookstores are now the rays? Like that's where everyone's gravitating?
2: Like, I'm super excited. Barnes & Noble announcing the opening of 30 new stores. This is in a time when, you know, Christian bookstores were all closing. Do you remember that? And I was just grieving. It was kind of awful. Well, now major retailers like Barnes & Noble have a whole section where we can get anything Christian that we want to read, nonfiction, whatever it is. But the really neat thing is the mom and pops. Also, there are more than 300 bookstores that have opened in the past year around the country. And again, they say part of it goes back to pandemic. People really were spending a lot of time alone. And one way they could enrich themselves was to read.
0: Mm. So good. Well, and I know that as you, and for those that haven't been on our website, com, there is a list of the hot books that you should read in your lifetime. If you're a slow reader, then you got the books from now until Jesus comes. But if you're someone who's trying to burn through some, you know, pages this year, it's really solid list and you can't borrow any of Roxanne's because she marks them all up. So you have to go to the bookstore <laughs> and buy your own copy. So yeah, just my, my that. daughter
2: says, oh, come on, mom, you've got to go digital. It's the way to go. But I love to be with a book and marking it, and writing it and highlight it and make it mine. And uh, Ace knows that about me, my, one of my favorite gifts of all time, and, and Wayne calls it my headlights, because basically it's a light that goes around my neck, a book light. So when we travel, I don't disturb him, but I mean, it will light a runway. <laughs> and it was a special gift from my friend because he know. and Ace is such a great gift giver. He's going to find that thing. I use it every day because he knows I'm obsessed by reading. I usually, it's usually three or four books a week. I'm, I kind of chew books like food. I love them. So the fact that we're going to have more bookstores, yay, it's awesome.
0: So great. We're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited again. If you want to uh, be a part of the show, you can always do that uh, via website, Roxanneandace.com. Find us on social media at Facebook, just search Roxanne and Ace. And we want to thank our friends at My Brother's Cup. Have you had the Roxanne blend yet? It is worthy. It's I always say it's holiday perfect, but it really is all year. Like you need it in your life.
2: It's so, so good, and it sends missionaries around the world, and they have kept the price really low on this very special coffee, and they've got 90% of the price of a bag goes directly to spreading the gospel of Jesus around the world, so My Brother's Cup, Click on the Roxanne blend. You'll love it. We're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. So happy to have you with us. And you are in for the most special treat at this moment. When I first met this woman, this is what she said. The Lord called me out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And she tries to show that light to everybody she sees. And you want to talk about darkness, and you want to talk about God moving in someone in the depths of despair. That is the story of this remarkable woman. I really believe her story is going to be a movie at some point. Ace, you mm-hmm. and I will be in the theater watching the story of
1: Alison Spradling. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So I feel like the way we need to start this is you take us back as far as I guess you could say as far into the darkness as you would like to begin.
1: Got you. So, um, you know, my parents, they were, um, they were alcoholics, they were high school sweethearts, you know, and, um, of course being alcoholics, they were divorced before I was even born. And, you know, um, when I, when I got to Teen Challenge, the Lord uh, revealed to me that there was a generational curse placed on my family. So, you know, um, of course the addiction fell right on to me. My dad's father was out of his life. So my father was out of my life, you know, and, uh, a generational curse comes through the blood. So the only way it could be broken was by the blood, you know, and I didn't know that as a child, I was not raised up in church. Um, you know, divorced parents, you get, uh, they get remarried, there's new siblings, there's new chaos, you know, there's just um a, a lot of things that I learned as a child, um, you know, toxic traits, like trying to people please my mom and keep her mm-hmm. happy because she was an alcoholic, you know, um, but that those toxic traits just kind of went over into my teenage years. And um, my first time in treatment, I was 13 years old, you know, and I felt abandoned by my parents, you know, because they dropped me off at treatment. So it, it was just this abandonment over and over again. Um, you know, I was the life of the party. I was, you know, always drinking. I had my first DUI at sixteen. So it just, it didn't, it didn't stop there. You know, it just got worse. But um, there was times where I would kind of get it together. I was able to hold down a job, you know, stuff like that. Um, when I was nineteen, I became pregnant and. I was so excited, you know, of course, as any mom would be, sure. um, I was going to be the best mom ever, but because of my addiction and that generational curse, I mean, it just wasn't so, you know, um, my child was taken when he was two years old, um, me and his dad, we were, uh, married and divorced within a year, you know, so, um, that, but once my son was taken, that just kind of took me down a dark Path, you know, that kind of dictated my life. And, you know, most of the um, problems I experienced, I kind of created myself because I was living for the flesh. You know, I was feeding my flesh, you know, and what you plant, that's what you harvest. So I harvested death and decay in my life. I mean, everything that I touched. And, um, you know, um, I did go to treatment numerous times. I mean, I tried for 20 years to try to get clean. But I mean, we all know the missing factor was Jesus the whole time. Um, But you know, children, having children and them getting taken away, that was kind of a pattern for me. I ended up with four children, all four of them taken away from me, you know, and it it was just a bad situation. But I will say this, um, in 2011, I became um, an IV heroin user. And that is when my life just fell apart. Um, I lost who I was. Um, I did not know who I was anymore when I would look in the mirror. I was a monster. I was. Um, And so, of course, with that came lying, thief. I was a thief. I was a master manipulator, you know, and literally my family had all but given up on me. And um, this went on for years, you know, and just the same cycle over and over and over again. In 2015, I got pregnant. And this time I didn't even go to the doctor. I never got any prenatal care. You know, it's the saddest thing to talk about now. But, you know, this just goes to show how good God is, because when I delivered my baby, she had heroin in her system and I cried out to God. I said, God, if this is the life you have for me, I don't want it anymore and um, I believe that's when he looked at me and he said, that's my daughter right there. And I love you. So that's when he began to work in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. But literally, that's when he picked me up out of the muck in the mire. And he said, I have a plan for your life. And, you know, um, it, it didn't happen all drastically. It was a process. You know, once he began to work in my life, um, it took me a few months. But the the changing factor was Jesus. I met Jesus at Alabama Teen Challenge. That's just where he just, you know, he just wrapped his loving arms around me and he said, girl, you're going to be okay. And um, I just kind of grabbed onto that. Everything that I was taught, you know, preachers would come in every day and do chapel. I just, I just grabbed onto it because I had never known a love like that before. You know, most love that I had experienced was conditional, but his love was conditional. He, he was like, "I love you. I loved you from the, you know, moment I created you in your mother's womb. So, you know, that's when I started experiencing His love, and ultimately, that's what changed my life.
2: Let's go back to that moment of surrender because that's really what it takes. What you were at your lowest. So, mm-hmm. what did you first say to God? Would you mind describing that for
1: us? Well, um, you know, I so when I got to Teen Challenge, um it was really all weird to me, you know, everybody was praising the Lord, they were praying, and I was like, whoa, what is going on here, you know, (laughs) but this is very weird, but, you know, um, I felt peace, I felt safety, and I felt love, you know, And, and only God's people can, you know, exhibit that, but It wasn't long before I was on my knees and um, one of the life coaches there, Miss Brooks, she prayed with me. And I just remember the moment. I didn't even say anything. I didn't have to say any prayer, but it was a moment that was so beautiful. The glory of the Lord fell and and all, all I could see was his light. So when I talk about literally being you know, transformed from the darkness to the light, that is what happened that day. And um, ever since that day, I can't remember the date, but it was in December of 2015. I've been completely different. I've been a changed person. Mm-hmm.
0: So in that, because a lot of times I hear this from people that when they t- completely surrendered that like all cravings of whatever they were addicted to, whatever patterns they had stops immediately. Did you experience that as well? I
1: I did experience that. There's just something about, uh, we call it the Holy Hill up there in Teen Challenge. We're out, you know, on like 40 acres. Um, But I, I just never, I didn't crave a cigarette anymore. And that was crazy because I smoked like three packs a day. You know, um, I never craved a cigarette. I I never wanted to leave. And I'll tell you this, um, I began to hear um, the enemy's voice because, you know, I had never heard the enemy's voice before. But one Sunday um, we were going to minister to some people and I heard the enemy tell me, you can get out of this van right now because you used to buy drugs right there. And I said, not today, Satan. I'm not doing this Mm -hmm. anymore with you. And I put my foot down and I started taking authority, you know, because the Bible says that we can trample on snakes and scorpions. So that is what I began to do. I, I began to take thoughts captive and, you know, just, just tear them down and just and dis- dismiss those thoughts from the enemy. The before and after pictures of you, what what do you think when you look at
2: that woman? Because the stark difference
1: is it just it's so amazing it is my husband he actually gets uh upset with me when i share it because it is it is so it's so different you know like my my teeth were rotten i just there was so much um my eyes there was darkness in my eyes but literally when I tell my testimony, sometimes I, I I feel like I'm not even talking about me because I'm my life is so far removed from that person. And literally, me and my husband, we sit on our bed uh, sometimes and we're like, "Wow, can you believe the life that we live today? You know, what, like this, we live a life that we could have never dreamed of, never." Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I know you talked a little bit about your own parents and their own struggles and addictions. How much of mirroring were you doing? Like, well, this is what my parents do. So apparently this is what everyone does.
1: Oh, absolutely. That, that was common for me. You know, like my, my parents drank, um, you know, that that was just normal. Um, you know, for me, that was normal. But of course, I did know as a child, you know, how you kind of compare families And I would be like, well, their family isn't doing that, you know, but my Mm. family is, and you know, kind of, um, things just kind of get spoken over you, you know, word curses. You're always going to be like your mama. You're always going to be like your dad. You know, you'll never amount to anything, but you know, those words are spoken over us as young children. And, you know, we don't realize, but those are word curses on our lives.
2: Mm. What would you tell somebody who's listening or watching right now
1: about Jesus? Um, I would say that Jesus loves you. Um, you know, there's no, nothing that you could do that he doesn't look down on and say, man, you know, he created you in his image and he loves you and he wants to be in close relationship with you. And if you are struggling, um, Galatians 6, 9 says, don't get tired of doing good for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you do not give up. So, you know, get into a faith-based treatment program. You know, of course I think teen challenge is the best, but there are other ones, you know, get in and you know, don't give up. That's the main thing. When when things get hard, we tend to give up, you know, but you gotta choose your heart. Staying the same is hard, you know, changing is hard, but you gotta choose your heart and you know, choose wisely. Mm-hmm.
0: Allison, how much of accountability of people who had been there, done that, burn the T-shirt, did you have around you as you were going through that transition to get clean?
1: So I had, um, you know, of course, that Teen Challenge, you're kind of in a bubble, you know, up there, like literally set apart, you know, from the rest of the world. But after Teen Challenge, I got very involved in a church, Love's Crossing, Church of God. I still go there today. I got very involved in a church and I stayed connected to Teen Challenge. So I would have accountability. Accountability is key, you know, because I'm, I have a track record of when I do things my own way, you know, I end up in bad situations. So um, accountability is key. Still to this day, you know, people that come into our program, they say, we don't like being corrected. And I'm like, hey, I get corrected to this day by my husband, my pastor, my boss, you know, but it's for my good, you know, and once you realize that, uh, it's easier to grasp a hold of.
2: How are your kids doing and
1: how is life on the farm? Because you have a farm now. I do. I do. Um, I always wanted a farm, uh, you know, as a child. But, of course, uh, addiction stole that from me. But, you know, when, when God does something, he does it full circle. You know, Philippians 1, 6, he who began the good work will see it through to completion. He gave me the desires of my heart. We do have a farm. I call it a mini farm because it's little. And one day I will have more. Ooh, thank you. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> Yes. Goats, chickens. Um, I recently got one cow because they're super cute. But, you know, the, <laughs> uh, they they love life. Um, we're very involved in church. We're children's pastors. So, you know, um, like, literally they, they have a completely different life than what I had. You know, um, and so me and my husband, both, we just want to raise them up in the ways of the Lord. That way, when they're older, they won't depart from it. Mm. But they're so,
0: that's awesome. And obviously with the, you know, the price of eggs these days, having your own access to a chicken is huge <laughs> yes. right now. Awesome. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm not
1: going to tell my location because I don't want anybody stealing. No,
0: I wouldn't <laughs> either. I would hold those and enjoy every bite of them. That's awesome.
1: Yes. Allison,
2: what would you say to somebody who is really struggling? You know, I have a friend who went through rehab 10 times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it doesn't happen and and it didn't happen quickly with you you said it was a process but yes. what do you say to that person
1: who who really thinks it's over that they they just can't do it I would say it's not over, you know, that old saying, it it ain't over till the fat lady sings. (laughs) It ain't over until the Lord says so. Keep trying. And, you know, um, each time, because, you know, I had uh, multiple times where I would get clean for a short period of time. But that, you know, each time I would mess up, you know, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. So Mm -hmm. it's really not how you fall but it's how you get back up, you know, and um, I would suggest possibly looking back, uh, you know, and saying, "Hmm, where did I go wrong? Lord, show me where I went wrong, you know, correct me, you know, help me get back on track. But definitely don't ever give up. Because if you still have breath in your lungs, uh, God still has a plan for you.
2: Another thing, it must
1: be difficult to have dealt with guilt and shame along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, to be completely honest, guilt and shame of not being a good mom, that literally kept me bound for years, you know, because um, my oldest son was removed from me. And then I had other children that were in my care, you know, for some time, you know, and but that guilt and shame of I didn't do that for the first child, you know? And so I literally, um, I I had to forgive myself. I had to say, you know what? I take ownership of my actions and Jesus has made me new now, you know? So again, that's just the main thing. Jesus makes all things new.
2: I've watched how women respond to you. You're in leadership now and you breathe so much life into other young women and, and they really look up to you. Could you have imagined when you were homeless and on heroin and you wanted to die and you had rotted teeth, mm. that you would be somebody leading hundreds of women to freedom from addiction and a love of Christ.
1: I could have never. And I mean, literally, you know, God will do exceedingly abundantly what you can ever think, you know, but, but I will say this, um, I did go to treatment all those years. The Lord used to show me visions. He would show me visions of being on a stage, talking to people, encouraging people. But see, I had such a root of rejection and a spirit of fear on me. I was like, absolutely not. I am not fixing to speak in front of anybody, you know, but. (laughs) This he, he changed that in my life because, you know, we are set free by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So now I testify anytime that I can. But no, I, I never imagined this life. Actually, I thought I would be dead. You know, I, I literally, I was okay with dying as a junkie. And you know, that's sad, but I, I'm so glad that the Lord saw fit for me to come on about of that. Absolutely.
0: So what you're saying is you're starting your speaking tour this year. So 2023 (laughs) is Allison on tour. correct, correct. That's excellent. Allison, we appreciate you willing to open your heart and be transparent and vulnerable. That's what this unlimited uh, podcast is all about. And so uh, thank you for helping to set the tone for others that are trying to break out of that addiction.
1: Absolutely. Thank y'all for letting me share. Thank y'all so much. Allison Spradling.
2: Wow. So Mm. inspirational. What a powerful woman of God and her story. It just lets you know, things can look so dark and so hopeless and look what God has done. And she gives him all the glory. I love that she was able to share her testimony with us.
0: Yeah, it's great stuff. Of course, these are the kinds of stories we're going to bring you every week. If you didn't get a chance to hear uh, Caleb Gordon, you can go back and listen to episode three of this season's podcast so that you can get inspired, understand what it means to be unlimited. But uh, looking forward to it as we get ready uh, for the weeks to come. So we'll catch up each and every Friday. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, Share it with your friends, your family. Make sure you don't miss future episodes. And uh, we'll see you next week. Love you.
2: I love you, too. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at Roxanneandace.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.